there's going to be someone like Clay who sees every little thing that you do in your company as an opportunity to to turn that into content for social media. You have to have a social media strategy, a content strategy, and it has to be super consistent and it needs to be a lot of it. Um, And you have to have a lot of patience, a lot of patience, especially at the beginning, uh, because you're not going to see return right at the beginning. You're not. Hey there, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. The journey from freelancing to running your own agency comes with its own unique set of challenges. Challenges that Clay and I have both faced while building our own successful businesses. And on this show, we sit down with freelancers and agency builders like you for value-packed on-air coaching sessions with one focus. Taking your business from freelance to founder. We'd love to have you join us on the air for an upcoming episode. To learn how to get your free coaching sessions like the guests you hear on our show, visit freelance2founder.com and click on the microphone icon. We are here and ready to help you take action in your business. On today's show, we talk with Akshat, who runs a thriving business called Blog Vault. Despite having over 10,000 customers and a growing team, Akshat's not sure where to go next when it comes to growth. That all-too-common problem leads us to a conversation on building an affiliate program to get new clients, using social media to build a front-of-mind brand, and taking advantage of email to boost revenue. Whether you've hit a plateau with your promotions or you're getting your very first clients, this conversation all about marketing is for you. We'll get started after this quick message from our sponsors. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Freelance to Founder. We're on the air today with Akshat. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it, man. Uh, hi, Preston. Hi, Clay. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, always, as always, joined on the air also by Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. <laughs> hey, Clay. Hey. We are going to dive into what I think is going to be a really great conversation today. We were just talking off the air about a few directions it could go, and I'm personally really excited to talk. So let's dive in first. We always just want to get our bearings a little bit, um, Akshat, with your business. Where are you at today? What does your business look like? Uh, all right. So we have been uh, we are a bootstrap company, and uh, I'll just give you give you a quick introduction. So uh, I uh, I run this company called Block Vault. That's B L O G V A U L T. We have uh, our primary product is uh, WordPress backups and security. So. Uh, we are a completely bootstrapped company. We have been doing this. I've been doing this full time for over eight years now. Um, it started as a side project, and over time, uh, I got lucky. And uh, uh, like a lot of people, uh, like a lot of freelancers, I finally, uh, yeah, I jumped in full, uh, uh, completely into the into the project when it started. Uh, when it started uh, earning more money than I was making at my job very nice so 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 yes yeah, so it's been a long time coming and um, i'm i'm the slow hair 
hopefully I can win the race. But but yeah, so eight years is a long time. And so and so blog owners come to you, WordPress site owners come to you, uh, and what what services do you offer them? What we do is we do backups and security for your site. So as a business owner, you cannot really afford to have anything go wrong with your site. And if anything does go wrong, then it can have a major you it can lead to major loss for you. So yeah. you can lose uh, Google rankings. You lose customers. Customers who visit your website will have a poor uh, experience. Uh, you will you, if you have commerce related to it, you will lose uh, you will lose actual money, right? And then all the effort that goes into building the site, and things do go wrong. So that's where we come in uh, and make sure that your website is well protected. And you've been at it for eight years, full time now. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment in and of itself. Yes, absolutely. And we've, uh, so when I started, I was by myself. Over time, people joined. So today we are 18 people uh, working with, uh, in, in the company. Oh, nice. And in actually, in, in a month's time, next month will be 24. So we'll have a nice oh, big wow. jump wow. coming in next month. Wow, congratulations. And yeah. are you a remote team or do you all work locally together? So until two months ago, we were working from a single office. COVID obviously changed everything. The whole country has been locked. Actually, the whole <laughs> right. world Sorry, has been that locked was a down. Foolish question. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as of now, in uh, as of now, uh, remote. I'm ambivalent. Sometimes I feel we can be remote, and other other times I feel no, I I can't wait to get back to office. And it sounds like you're you're growing quickly. I mean, what's fueling the growth right now to to be able to hire so many new employees and grow your team? So we actually are a fairly conservative company. We tend to be profitable. We actually, as a bootstrap company, have no option but to be profitable. We like to keep a decent margin of error. Uh, we have, so what we are doing is we, we've made a bunch of offers and all of those guys are joining or all the people are joining together uh, next month in July. So the way things lined up, things happened that they're all joining in July. And we are very, very bullish about the market. So uh, we thought we felt that there's no better time than now to invest. What are you doing? What are you doing to gain new new clients, new business? So a lot of our customers, we we get customers mainly because of two or three reasons. Number one, obviously, I think is product. Our product is uh, is the biggest dif- uh, differentiator for us, where we've spent so much energy on the technology and on the product that we do get a decent amount of word of mouth. Uh, the other thing that obviously that works for us is content. So some of our content ranks, and then we uh, we are seeing customers come in from uh, from uh, from that mostly SEO friendly content mm-hmm. uh, rather than anything else as of now. Gotcha. And you say uh, so word of mouth. And then content and SEO. That's those are your primary marketing strategies right now. Yes, so SEO plays a very important role in what we do, or in for us to get uh, get our customers. They we do see that has paid. I think word of mouth also plays a role. So we have seen that customers do refer others to the product, and uh, a bit of it from affiliates too. That's a but that's a fairly small number for us though in the, the ecosystem we are in affiliates play a much more important role we have not done a yeah i think there's scope for us to improve there 
I was going to say in, in the blogging world or, or even just websites, owning websites, running websites there, I think there's huge potential for affiliate partnerships there. Mm -hmm. Yes. And especially the space. So if, you, if you're familiar with WordPress, you will see the, and hosting and, you know, websites actually, you will see it's a very, very affiliate heavy world. And you have actually uh, affiliates who are behemoths by themselves. They are, they are very, very large businesses by themselves. Right, and yeah. And they drive millions of dollars of uh, business to these companies. So you'll see companies like Bluehost and other hosting companies and also plugin makers and even even things like Shopify, etc. You'll see them like really quote affiliates. So again, that's something which we have, we have had, we have tried to do. We have had some success with it. Uh, but I think the opportunity is very big with affiliates. And what's been holding you back from hiring and and focusing on that? It's easier said than done. Right? <laughs> sure, so, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's its own world, uh, affiliates. So we have, we've tried we've tried a few attempts at it. It takes a lot of effort in quoting them and you know creating collateral and uh, I think building relationships. I think a lot of these affiliates comes down to building relationships and presenting your product correctly to them. So whenever we've had a chance to meet any of these affiliates at different conferences, I feel we have come out okay. But uh, it requires that requires a lot of effort in, uh, in getting to build these relationships with people. Uh, we did sign up with, uh, you know, share a sale. Uh, have you, are you familiar with share a sale? Yes, very familiar with it. Yes, so share a sale is we created an account with it. Frankly, not not very confidently. Like like okay, fine, we'll do it. Uh, and initially, when we did the account, we barely used to get any affiliates. The only thing we would get we would get were like spammers. Mm -hmm. uh, right. But but over time, I think we get a few affiliates who are sending us a few customers. I wouldn't say too many, but they mm. are sending us a few customers. Uh, you are, yeah, again, the other thing is some of our customers, some of the products we are in have uh, very big established products. So affiliates tend to focus on those companies too. I see. So you've, you've got some big competitors who are maybe doing affiliates a little bit more aggressively than you are. And so it can be hard to carve out an, a space for yourself there because you email someone or you call them up and they say, I already participate and get a decent amount of money from an affiliate program just like yours for a similar product, why should I switch? Right. And uh, the other thing is, uh, if you have a market leader, then the market leader, obviously, from an affiliate's perspective, is easier to sell. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a lot of so, brand awareness around it already. There's a lot going for it. So, you are so question, are you trying to get these affiliates from current users or not users or both? Uh, see the ideal thing, and especially when you when when we read about it, is like you make your current users affiliates, and we've tried it, and some of them do work. Okay, I'm not saying that does not. We do have a few users who become affiliates, especially agencies and developers. You know, they are always looking to make that uh, extra buck because they're always recommending products to their customers. Mm -hmm. So that does uh, uh, they do count as some affiliates, but they're not. They're not the whales. Yeah. 
You, you know, I've I've heard that advice as well, but I think what people fail to realize is a lot of times your customers don't have the built-in distribution or channels for awareness. You know, the reason it works with agencies is because they constantly have an, a flow of new websites that need your services and so they can easily recommend it to the client. Whereas the client themselves, you know, they don't, they don't have a growing audience or a regular audience or a flowing new group of people who have a website that they could potentially recommend this to. And so they recommend it to a few people or they post it on their Twitter or something. And yeah, you might get one sale if you're lucky out of it, but really those aren't the kinds of kinds of affiliates that are really going to move the needle in terms of new sales. Yeah, and true. And if you speak to the uh, like hosting companies or other people in the ecosystem, you'll realize that uh, they uh, the whales are, or as they as you call it, the the big affiliates drive vast majority of the sales, and they take mm-hmm. their pound of flesh too. So they understand that they they are driving this massive amount of uh, revenue. I have some. Uh... So I have some thoughts on this. The affiliate affiliate marketing it definitely works for for a lot of companies. Um, I think the issue I have with affiliate marketing is, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. I, I think there's a way to do it and hit up your current users. Um, but I think there's a way to set it up to where you can you can encourage that in an automated way via through like email drip marketing, things like that. Like an onboarding um, sequence or something. Yeah. Onboarding sequence. And you know, if they purchase a certain product and they get certain, uh, a certain email drip and at the end, maybe at the end of the email drip, they get encouraged to be an affiliate. I think that's good to set that up and to do it in an automated way. Now, the issue I have with this is just like, just like what you guys are talking about is not a lot of users have a big network. And so I think the, I, I think first step is yes, you set up the affiliate net, uh, the affiliate program, but you do it in an automated way. And that's for all your users. And you're going to get some sales out of it. However, it's going to be limited. I think the better way to do this, which work will require some more manual work, um, but you will get much more reward is to find people who do have a big influence. And so, for example, uh, if you can find people who are admins or in charge of a large, like a decent sized Facebook group, um, then that right there can, can get you some leverage because, so for example, uh, I, I know someone who, uh, and there are Facebook groups that have thousands, tens of thousands of people. However, I wouldn't discount the smaller ones too, because a lot of the smaller ones, the admin or whoever's in charge of that group has much more influence over that, that group. And so there, for example, there's a group that I'm a part of. It's an entrepreneurial group. It has about 700 members of it. And this one person that who's in charge of this group, every single time they recommend a product, hundreds of people buy the product, hundreds I would, I would, I would guess at least half of the people buy the product. That's how much influence this person has. And so it, I think it'll be, I think it'll be worth the time to try to go out and try to develop relationships with people like this to, with the hopes of that they'll eventually endorse your product, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, no, true. I actually, yeah, so our Facebook groups is something which, uh, yeah, I should have mentioned, and especially in the space we are in, Facebook groups is very, is huge. And we have tried to build some of these relationships with uh, different levels of success. Uh, I uh, yeah I I I totally I wholeheartedly agree with it. Like Facebook groups, mm-hmm. sometimes you tend to focus on groups with larger influence. I think the idea that to go after smaller groups is not a bad one. I think that's something we let me review and see if there are people who have these small circles of influence and if we can uh, quote them. I think it makes sense. Yeah, I, I yeah definitely don't discount the smaller groups it, it, because I I wouldn't judge a group based off how many members are a part of it. Um, I would judge it based off how much influence that person has over the group. You know, uh, by by targeting smaller groups too, you can also um, get in early with that person. Yep. So they may not they may not already have a partner, an affiliate partner in your space. So they might be more open to it. They won't have as many people trying to court them, right? And <laughs> so the competition will be lower. And so that for me, that goes for smaller sized blogs. Uh, smaller Facebook groups, oh, yeah. smaller email lists, like smaller. Yes, it takes more uh, effort to find them, but mm. then it's sometimes a little bit easier to court them. However, there is the downside is obviously that that they do have less reach a lot of times um, than some of these bigger outlets. So there's definitely a balance there. You know, I spend so there's I actually work on both sides of affiliate marketing because on the one hand, I run a blog that we make a decent amount of revenue from as an affiliate to various products. But then we also have a subscription service that we have affiliate partners that promote it. And they probably do about 30 or maybe 40% of our new customers every month. And so um, it's been interesting to be on both sides of it. I have found a lot of success with, with, smaller partners who have decent distribution, but they're not being courted by every single player in the space. Um, I can build a real natural relationship with them. And then as they grow, we grow with them, which is really nice. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. 
LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Right, but you yeah. have to act as a scout essentially at that point. And yeah, that's I think it's worth the effort. We have seen, at least sometimes when you see, uh, look, uh, look in hindsight, you will see certain people yeah, uh, certain people take off over time and obviously nothing happens overnight, but you will see that people who place the bets on these folks, they also grew exponentially with with these influencers. Yep, absolutely. You know, one thing we do too is we, we will uh, search terms related to our product and then we will reach out to the first the the people running the blogs in the first ten or twenty results in Google, um, and the pitch basically is: look, you already have this thing that we know you're getting traffic to because you're on page one of Google. Hmm. Um, if you just plug our product in, we'll, we estimate you'll make this much just by plugging it in. So let's you know we'll set it all up for you. We'll give you everything you need. Just just put it right in, and then as those people continue to rank higher, we've noticed the revenue just goes up with it. So we'll catch someone when they're, you know, in eighth, ninth, 10th place. But then as, and sometimes we've even helped them rank for certain terms too. So as they rank higher, then we all benefit. Yeah, no, that, that's something, again, we have tried it with varying degrees of success. Uh, again, some of the guys are sharks in this space. Yeah. In the space we are in. So, uh, and we have to so essentially you need to code them, but yeah, we have tried. In fact, I I know once about years back, I'd reached out to one of the uh, one of the people who were ranking well, and asked them to insert it and paid them a bunch of money to. They didn't want an affiliate kind of relationship because we are nobody. So they were like, I, I need to pay be paid upfront, and uh, and I'll mention your product also in that list. And these listicles have performed well. So if you get the right listicle and uh, get into the right listicle it does uh, it does get you a few customers on a consistent basis on a consistent basis yeah that's what i've noticed as well mm-hmm. yeah it's it sounds like i mean it sounds like there's some improvements to be made there and i you know i don't know how serious you are about expanding that particular part of your business but i do want to make sure we're pointing this conversation in the right direction where where do you think we can be most helpful on your journey as you continue to grow your business you're you're already a founder, we would classify you as a founder in terms of how we talk about freelancers and founders on this podcast. And so I think it's a unique, I guess, position that we're in to talk with someone who already has a, a fair number of employees. Uh, you're going to be hiring more employees here soon. Where for the remainder of this conversation would, what what would be most helpful in terms of what we can talk about and where, where we can bring value to both you and to the listeners? Right. So, uh, yes. So we have, we have been around for a long time and, uh, just by the nature of it, 
It means that you move and you just move slowly in the right direction and it, it compounds. And uh, that's where we, we are today because of it. Now, while we are here, we, the question is how do you continue compounding and not hit a plateau? And that's a real fear. Yeah. It, that's one of the places that's actually, frankly, everything needs to, uh, like that's a place which we really need to focus on to make sure that we don't plateau in terms of, in, in multiple ways. And like, how do you make sure that, uh, and some, we have some ideas as to not plateau, but they are, they are surface level ideas. They are like, okay, from, from the high, uh, at the highest level, it means that, oh yes, we need to build a brand. What does it mean to build a brand? How do you execute it? Uh, that's not something we have done. Like you can get get to a good distance without really building a brand, for example. And that's where we are at, really. Mm-hmm. So, ha- what what kind of efforts have you made on social media? Actually, we have uh, we have some uh, someone from the team who's, who's very very active and engages with some of the people in the community. So we do that whenever whenever people are asking uh, for. Uh, asking for help on uh, Facebook groups specifically, which is, again, since you brought it up, uh, I or someone from the team will always jump in and help in case we think uh, we can add to the conversation. Mm. Uh, what about what about content specifically? So we don't do very much content. So we don't do social media specific content as such to a great extent. We will push out, uh, for example, if you have, we've got an article, we will... Uh, push it out but i don't i don't think we see very much engagement on it it sounds like social media which it is for a lot of companies is kind of an afterthought like you'll publish something and then oh yeah let's share it on social media mm-hmm. or hey we you know someone told us that there was this comment about us oh yeah let's go respond to it instead of actively having a plan which i know this is where clay's headed and and actively having a <laughs> plan that will help you build your brand uh, on social media i think clay's probably going to tear this up with some great advice oh yeah yeah <laughs> no i'm all yours because of frank okay let, let me put my apprehension to it so that uh, there's a uh, we can also have a better conversation around it so we and see first of all we have seen these people do great brands and you see them giving some very very good advice on social media and engaging in with a true voice right but sometimes i just don't feel i don't feel like i can add very much value there uh, on social media and especially when you're starting from scratch when you don't have a huge audience already so that that initial grind and without a very clear path to success is scary Mm. yeah that is scary uh good news for you (laughs) is every single person starts from zero every single person and and so yeah the beginning i will say the beginning if you're starting from scratch is that the grind of building up social media presence is super, super tough. And because the, the common, the common mindset is, Hey, we're putting all this content out there uh, and we're seeing no return, right? That's the common mindset uh, of every business owner. But let me tell you like social content, if you want to know how to build a brand, that is how you do it. Because I love what you're doing with content and SEO um, however, that is, I think there's very limited brand growth there because just search in itself, just by nature is there is no branding. It's all text. Um, someone actually has to click on a link, 
um, in search results to go onto your website. And so like there's very limited brand growth there, uh, visually speaking. And so the best way to start building a brand and, and think about this is like most like users when they're on their phone, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on nowadays, TikTok, um, YouTube, like brand is, I think, equal to visualization, right? Being visual. And so you have to be super visual with your content. You need, you need all kinds of social content on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram stories, TikTok. Um, like the creative is where I think this is where it's going to make a big difference for you. And, and like with what you do back up at the security, I, I think it's going, it's not going to be so much about your product. You're going to throw some stuff out there about your product, but I would say nine, 80, 90% of the content you put out there needs to be about your company culture and just you as, as people. I think that's the, the stuff that you need to put out there because when, when people are, let's just say, for example, uh, people of influence, let's just say agencies or, or web developers, right? Th- those are going to be people that are, go- that are going to be, that could push a lot of clients your way. Uh, if, if web developers are constantly seeing your brand in their news feed, their social feeds of like, hey, here's what it's like to... to uh, to work for or what it's like behind the scenes, like company culture for your company. What, what it does psychologically is that person who who's con- consistently seeing that stuff, they think, oh, this brand is a lot of fun. and th- Or this brand looks like it's a lot of fun to work for these people. And so what that does psychologically is, oh, this is going to be a lot of fun to work to, to work with this company right? To promote this product to my clients. And they, they feel that psychological connection with you. So you're not selling, you know, backup and security. You're not selling a product. You're selling you as a team, as a brand, as people, people want to connect with people. And so I think that is where, where you, and there, there's way more details in mind, but kind of 30,000 foot view you have to have a social media strategy, a content strategy, and it has to be super consistent and it needs to be a lot of it. Um, and you have to have a lot of patience, a lot of patience, especially at the beginning, uh, because you're not going to see return right at the beginning. You're not. Part where you talk about like culture and everything else, you know, as a company, yeah, because of the nature of who I am to a great extent and, uh, it might not be, that's not something like as introvert, essentially you would, I would not, yeah, I don't think about, you know, painting this picture. That's it just, I would not paint this picture. I would rather be like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. We are working. I'll tell you how to do backups. I'll tell you how to make your website good. But I, okay. Yeah. And I'm telling so, you like, that's a, that's, a, that's one of the first things that come to my mind. I, while I appreciate what you're saying and while I understand what you're saying, it's very, very difficult to, you know, maybe, so that means maybe, yeah, so that's the first thought that so comes what, to so my let, mind. So let me ask you this: What if if you had a, a task in your company that you didn't feel comfortable doing? What would you do? If it wasn't yeah, get, this task, get, yeah, get someone from the team to do it. So that's uh, or, yeah, most that's of right. the work is or, done. Or by the hire team. someone who's comfortable yeah. <laughs> with it, right? So there's going to be someone like Clay who sees every little thing that you do in your company as an opportunity to to turn that into content for social media, and so. Mm-hmm. 
you can hire them on even part time. They can come to the office for three hours a day or four hours a day or whatever, and they can take pictures. They can write down funny things that your team says or insightful things that your team says. You know, you're you're in backup and security, so you guys don't have to be funny, like hilarious funny. You don't have to be uh, super quirky or anything like that. You can be. I would say just be yourselves. And if I had to guess, I'd say you guys care a lot about. Um, security and keeping people safe. And you can show that in, yes, a fun way, but still let your actual personalities and the actual care that you have for your customers shine through. You know, it might be a photo of someone working late because someone's site was compromised and you're now fixing it. And and this piece of social content is then, you know, look how late so-and-so is working, helping get, get one of our customers' sites back online. That's how much we care about you. Like, that's the kind of content that could propel your brand into when when people think about it actually thinking about your people in the office helping them keep their site secure Mm -hmm. yeah that's spot on or even you're about to add on how many people six people yeah uh how how amazing would it be to post pictures of all six of these people and say we just expanded our team sick by adding six people on Right. And, and you can, and what would be really cool is for each one of each, each person, each one of these six people is to list a personal interest of each one, each person. Maybe somebody's interested, uh, maybe they play video games or one of them might like to cook something like that. Like that's super personal, um, that people would completely relate to. I think that would be a really good piece of content. All right. I'm going to give that a shot. Uh, I have my apprehensions, but I still, I think it's worth a shot <laughs> and doing it, doing it consistently. So I'll let, I think, yeah, the question is to do it consistently and let me, I can think of one person to do it already, but let me see if, uh, if I can coax her into taking this additional responsibility. <laughs> and I think the, hesi- the hesitancy comes, if, if I can guess, would probably comes because of the ROI factor, right? Every, like Clay said, all businesses struggle with this idea of how much, how much time do I have to put into social media and I don't get anything back out of it yet. And, Mm -hmm. and the, the tipping point is so far in the distance where it's an ROI positive endeavor that so many business owners are like, I just, I'm not going to invest the time and effort into social media in order to, to maybe eventually one day see the revenue. I think, uh, to, to help solve that, you have to recognize the opportunity cost. I wouldn't have your people, you know, prioritize social media over revenue generating tasks at the moment. If you have to hire someone else on, then maybe you hire, like I say, a part-time person or something to help you with that so that you're not, you're not worrying about, well, if my team wasn't so busy posting on Instagram, we could, you know, service 20 more clients this month or something. There's always going to be that issue. And then it's really easy to quit social media because it's not a revenue driving part of your business yet. And so you have to just be really aware early on, it's not going to drive a ton of revenue. Unless like Clay said, you could potentially invest some money into it. I I was pretty shocked when I first learned this was years and years ago that um, some of the biggest YouTubers actually pay to get views on their videos via ads on YouTube before they Mm -hmm. ever actually publish the video. So when they publish it, it already has like 100,000 views or 500,000 views or something that they've paid for. And that helps the algorithm then send it to more people. And then it, you know, they have some social legitimacy when they publish the video. And so there's, there's little things like that, that you can invest money, not just time in to make it 
seem like you're not starting from scratch so that when someone sees one of your videos, they see, oh, 100,000 people have already seen this. So there are little things I think you can do along the way. But again, you have to keep in mind, this is a long-term play. This is, you're not going to see results tomorrow just because you start tomorrow. You know what I mean? No, that's true. And uh, yeah, I, let me let me ask you a question here, right? And it's always good to, so there are two things I believe in. One is, uh, you know, it makes things become much easier when you're able to connect the dots, even looking forward. So you're like, okay, fine. I can see a path to this. And so, the, and the best way to do it is by uh, hearing success stories around it. So do you have any examples of a B2B brand uh, you know, a smallish B2B brand, which has done this well, because I, I was past five minutes or 10 minutes, I've spent thinking about which B2B brand do I know where maybe I know it because of the founder who stood mm-hmm. out, but where the brand itself uh, played, uh, did a good job on social media. And yeah, I was, I was, I was, I could not think of anything. Maybe Moz, SEO Moz, but then the Radin Fishkin, the founder, had a big role to play there. Yeah. Go, go, go! Look at the my old agency. Uh, the, I, I don't own it anymore. I sold it last year, but uh, my old agency still does a good job of this. If you go to their Facebook um, or their Instagram, uh, it's Rock City Digital. If you go, yes. if you go there. Uh, it's just like facebook.com forward slash rock city digital. Um, they do a really good job of, of showing company culture and, and things like that. You'll see that they do, they post very little content on the actual, actual technical stuff on the products and services that they do. Um, but they do a lot of company culture stuff. And let me tell you, like we got a lot of inbound business because of it, because of that. So go, that's a very good example to go look at, I think. I have a couple of businesses that come to mind in addition to, to uh, Clay's previous agency. So uh, there's a, uh, a company called Design Pickle. And Design Pickle did this really well from the beginning. So Russ Perry is the founder of the company. And he did do you know interviews and things around. So people became familiar with him. But really... Uh, he was really just a brilliant marketer in terms of guerrilla marketing, social media marketing, very unconventional ways of marketing the business. His his kind of claim to fame or the famous example that he gives in all the podcast interviews that he does is he wore a pickle suit to a convention and just walked around because it was oh, too yeah. late for him to get a booth at the at the event. So instead of a booth, he just walked around and I think he handed out like free pickles to people. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so he was just he was just building up this design pickle brand as this fun, quirky brand. Uh, and people began talking about it and recognizing it. And frankly, his logo wasn't very good. His business was very small. He didn't really know what he was doing, but he had this idea and he was great at brand marketing. And so then those things started to translate into social media and they still do a, a pretty good job in terms of social media marketing and and just creative, fun marketing. And so I think that's, that's one. And then the other one that I've seen... Um, do a fairly good job on social media without a founder in in front is uh, Stitch Fix, which is like a clothing company where they you tell them kind of your style and then they send you clothing. I've not tried their service, but their brand comes to mind as someone who's done a decent job in terms of social media marketing. So you may check out both of those. Thanks. And this this personally, uh, which, which is actually one of the reasons why you listen to so many podcasts and even appear in this, right? Because 
you want to hear the success story those are the things that because there are million ways to like there are so many ways to fail and that see, failure does not really tell you anything it just tells you that okay yeah, you failed this if you do it in this particular time you can fail but if you see success you're like okay fine it's worth that's an experiment where someone has reached a good uh, a good outcome and maybe i can relate to that in some way yeah, yeah. Me, so i i will tell you um just kind of just so you're not like this goes back to the patience and uh, having patience with social media. It probably took us um, at my old agency, probably took us about 18 months, two years of constant, consistent social content before we started getting uh, quite a few inbound leads. Uh, but once we started, once the, the inbound leads started coming in because of the branding and stuff that we did on social media, um, it was it was never ending. It, it just Clay, kept... was there a was there a paid element to that, or was it all organic? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there was a there was definitely a paid element element to that. We we basically uh, every single piece of content that we posted, almost every single one, we boosted, we boosted it, and so yeah. uh, for very little money, we would a lot of posts. We would just do it for a dollar a day for a week. Um, and so that's what I would suggest doing. So listeners, uh, out there, uh, for every single piece of content you put on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, you can literally boost your each piece of content for a dollar a day for seven days and you'll get tremendous exposure out of it. Wow. Okay. No, that, that makes sense. I, I'm, uh, yeah. So one of the challenges, especially when you can talk about an engineering or technology founder is, if you if you're if you do programming, you'll see that the one thing it does not teach you is patience. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anything you do, the results come uh, right back. Yeah. So it's uh, that's one of the things I've also learned over time that uh, programming actually just it rewards you so quickly, which is why it's so addictive. Sure. Yeah, and this is this is the reason why you probably don't need to be in charge of the social media. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make a comment on this because you made a very interesting comment earlier that you said you already have someone in mind on your team that you're thinking about putting in charge of this. But the comment that you made was very interesting to me. You said I don't remember the exact word, but you, you said something like. Let me see if I can convince her to do that. Or I don't remember the word. Yeah, coax. That's a coax. Coax, yeah. Coax, yeah. <laughs> so let me let me say this about that. If if you have to convince somebody or coax somebody to do this, but they don't actually really like want to do it, it's going to be very difficult. And so I would encourage you because someone on this 24-person team that you have, someone is – super creative and someone that is going to actually enjoy doing this. And so I would encourage you to try to find that person who, who will actually enjoy doing this stuff Mm -hmm. because it is going to be that much better in quality and it's going to be sustainable. Someone on your team, someone on your team already spends their lunches and probably more desk time than you'd like to admit. And then they go home every night and spend their extra time posting on YouTube, posting on Instagram, commenting wherever, posting on Facebook, doesn't matter, engaging in social media in some way, and they love it. And if there's not someone like that at your company, which there might not be, then there are people you can hire that 
thrive on this kind of thing. And so, yeah, it's, it's about finding someone who can put up with a slow, a slow burn, you know, not, and someone who you don't have to say to them, your job is to make us a, you know, $5,000 profit in the first week or something. You can just let them run with it for a couple months, let them learn what the brand is about, how the fans react, what they can do to grow. And then you can start to invest some money in some of their efforts, Mm -hmm. but it's a slow, it's a slow thing. It's not something that's going to overnight, you know, take off. Yeah. I would, I would, uh, the, the biggest mistake that I see is, someone who has a very common situation is someone who has like a receptionist or a secretary um, or someone or someone that's like in an administrative role and they're being forced to do social media when in reality they hate social media and therefore the quality, the content quality sucks. And, and then what happens is when the content quality sucks, then social, you're going to get zero engagement and then therefore the company just abandons social media because they say, quote, it social media doesn't work, right? It's that that's a very common situation. So I would go back and 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 say to that, like, I would encourage you to find someone who actually, just like Preston said, someone is doing this in their, their spare time who actually loves doing this stuff. Yeah, no, I can, I can, I can, yeah, I can uh, understand that. Yeah, because you can't, for, like, and Cox was meant half jokingly. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, the, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, but I, I, I take that advice and uh, let me think about it. It's uh, like you said, the, the 18 month horizon is, uh, yeah. Okay. Actually, let me put it this way. Frankly, the 18 month horizon is fine. That's uh, if I think about it, that's okay. The one thing you said was, what does your brand stand for? Or the brand voice and consistently show, showcase that. That's, if you ask me, that's something which you have not really built. Yeah. That's the first, that's the thing that you need to do first. You need, you need to establish what your brand represents and your brand voice and your brand identity. Like that, that's something you do need to do first. You, you know what though? How many customers do you have? If you have 10,000 plus. Yeah. You, you already have, you already have all the information that you need. It's sitting inside the brains of your customers. If you reach out, if you reach out to them and you, you ask questions like, and it could be framed in, in terms of a, you know, how are we doing kind of survey to see if you're, if you're serving them correctly, which you should be doing, or maybe you already are, already are doing regularly. But when you ask those kinds of questions, like, like, you know, you've been with us for a year, how are things going? What can we do to better serve you? What do you like about our service? All of a sudden, when you start asking those kinds of questions, that's your brand. So when you say, what do you like about us? Why have you stuck with us? Why did you hire us in the first place? Uh, then those answers become the starting points for what your brand stands for. Because then a blogger says, well, I love the peace of mind that you bring to me so that I don't have to worry about if my site is up and running while I'm sleeping or not. So, okay, peace of mind is a facet of your brand. Uh, Someone else says, I love that I don't have to learn the technical issues. And so you, part of your brand becomes being the technical aspect for someone who doesn't like the tech side of running a website. So you can start to piece together all these comments from customers and you have plenty of customers to give you real good feedback. 
in, in order to start framing these kinds of conversations. It'll come quickly mm-hmm. if, if you can if you can tap that resource. Yeah, All right. a really good question. A really good question to ask them is, what's one word that comes to mind when you think of us? That that would give you really. Uh, what I like about that question is it's very open ended, very open ended. And so All right. I love that. And as you start yeah. growing social channels, you can even have these conversations in real time. That can be a post that not only builds engagement, but builds awareness. And uh, and it's it's like a it's a way of showing sort of mini testimonials. If you say, what's one word that describes how we serve you or our, or our company or our service? And they start and people start listing off their own ideas there not only do more people start to see that in social media but then you also are bringing in like clay said all of these great recommendations for conversation starters or or, or strategy starters for your brand right yeah i, I could think of some like so some of these resonate with me some some of them the like getting the complete clarity is yeah it's not uh we can go deeper into it if you'd like because I can see some of these things, I, just, I can just keep asking questions and bore, like bludgeon you to death, actually. Because uh, these are, this is what, uh, frankly, to <laughs> me, the running the business is all about, like speaking to people and understanding uh, in depth uh, uh, what exactly it means. But it almost becomes a workshop for me mm. personally, with people training me personally. Uh, but well, I don't honestly, know that, that... I mean that's that's what this that's what this call is for. We love to air these conversations on the podcast, but really we're here to coach you and and give our best advice to you. So we have I mean we have probably five to seven minutes left in this call. Feel uh, feel free to bludgeon us or or feel free to ask <laughs> no, any questions. Yeah. Point it in the right direction for the last five or seven minutes. Here it's all yours. So uh, branding is one way. Is like I I personally and I agree with you that finding that voice is is the key and. Uh, Having that clarity as to how what it stands for on a consistent long-term basis is important, right? And how do you how do you communicate it? So, but you mentioned uh, social media. Is that uh, is that the go-to place you would say? Is that the only thing you you would say, or is there a, another channel to build uh, build a brand? Yeah, Go I ahead. am. Maybe the opposite of Clay on this. Clay is a huge proponent of social media. I I am a huge advocate of it as well. You know, a lot of my day jobs have revolved around work and social media. So I love social media and I get the power of it. But I've done this a few times where it's like one of the one of the most powerful things you can do in marketing your company is to pretend like social media doesn't exist because so often we all dump so much time and energy into social media and we don't see uh, see the benefit necessarily, um, especially as quick as we need to. So. So I'm a huge fan of pretending like social doesn't exist when you're coming up with a marketing plan and then working in social afterwards. If, you know, if the question is, is social the only way or the best way? Clearly, it's not the only way. Companies were building brands long before social media came around. And so there are obviously other ways. For me, the number one way to build your brand is to offer a quality product. Coca-Cola became a brand because people drink coca-cola and the more people that drank it the more prolific the brand became and then you know celebrities start drinking it you start to see it in in uh in advertisements or even in journalism or in movies and so it starts to become more prolific uh in the culture itself 
if you know if blog vault became prolific in blogging culture in a way that kind of bluehost or even like smart passive income pat flynn has have become where basically anyone in blogging knows about these brands then that could be a major win for you yeah and this is something i can associate with i can relate with where just focusing more and more on the product and some of the products which just gives a wow backups can be very very boring frankly yeah you want your backups to be boring because <laughs> you don't want it to create noise you want it to be like okay quiet and forget you know what's so funny is is yeah, it can be very boring. Um, however, you could play you can you can play off of that. Uh, you can and this is yes. where this is where you could be like uh, where you can shine on social media is you can be like, hey, backups are boring, but we're not right. Um, <laughs> you know, you can you can totally play off of that. And and, and you know, Preston, it's funny. Uh, I, I do agree with you in, in the fact that. I think businesses should act as if social media doesn't exist. However, where I disagree is I, I don't think businesses should treat social media as secondary. I think it should be, I think it should also be a priority, but it should be done at the same time. And you and I have talked about this before. Oh yeah, 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 for uh, sure. I don't know. think it should be secondary yeah. either. I think it can be powerful to brainstorm without it first, only because I've been in so many brainstorm meetings around marketing where it's like, yeah. well, what if we posted on Facebook? Well, what if we made an Instagram video? Well, what if we did a Snapchat story? And it's like, mm -hmm. well, okay, those are all great, but hold on, let's let's back up. What if we didn't have any of those tools? What if we didn't have 25 Facebook followers? Uh -huh. <laughs> right? Because yeah. part of the problem is they're brainstorming around these channels that they don't have yet. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, where are the channels? Where is the distribution? And yes, social media to me plays a part in that. You can say, here's this Facebook group we could tap into that has 10,000 people. Here's this blog that reaches 100,000 mm -hmm. people. We could tap into that. And so that that's for me how social media can be more powerful in a brainstorm. And then yeah. obviously over time, you work in your own channels. I, I agree, not secondary at all. Um, but it is an interesting exercise to step back and pretend for just a moment that social media doesn't exist. Okay, so let, 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 let's take this exercise, all right? Let, let, let's go through this. So we talked about social media. Uh, so where my brain goes is, okay, uh, you have 10,000, over 10,000 customers. Where the, 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 the thing that comes immediately to my mind is email marketing. I think that's a that's a short term uh, strategy that you could do right now, because you have, I'm assuming, ten over ten thousand email addresses, and so I'm sure there's a way to market to that list. Yeah, they're all customers right now, which is going to bring me to a point where. Uh, so I, I don't know if you're familiar. Are you familiar with Jay Abraham? He's a he's like this business mogul. He's a billionaire. Um, one thing that he has always said is every company should do should either expand their product or service or add on to their product or service or buy another company every single year. One of those two things. So when you say you, you offer backup and security and you've been in business for eight years, have you always done backup and security and not added any more products? No, so we have. Actually, we started with backups. So security mm -hmm. came in much, much later. And then we have got another business in migration. Everything is very, very interrelated. Okay. And, so uh, are you doing something are... every year? 
I wouldn't call it every year. We're fairly small team, but uh, and yeah, it's. Uh, I think the reason why we do a good job is because, in, unlike many of our competitors, we have not gotten too distracted. So we have focused mm. on that problem and solved it well because it requires that <laughs> to bring you that peace of mind. It requires that extra level of inter- uh, diligence. Yeah. So that's one yeah, of the things. But uh, but uh, at the same time, we do and we are expanding two more categories. For example, actually, we did acquire a company last year for their brand and for their product. Oh, good. So we did acquire a small company uh, last year called WP Remote, and we are trying to target. It's an interrelated. Uh, uh, it's a related market, but it's uh, it it does give us uh, it does play to our strengths. How how are you doing in the email marketing? So we are not. Uh, we are. So we do have a drip sequence. That's our email marketing as of now. <laughs> so when mm-hmm. our customer joins us, we we do have a drip sequence. Do we email them? We, occasionally, we do send a newsletter, but that's very very occasional. And uh, frankly, it's. Uh, Quite sad the amount of effort it takes us okay. to pull up that newsletter every time. Okay, so number this is my this is my recommendation. For, very first thing I would do, even before social media, is I would get real serious about your email marketing, and I would have a very good strategy about it. And if you have to hire somebody to do that, I would do that because if you're if you have been expanding, adding new services, new products, you've bought a company. Uh, you know, last year, like there's so many opportunities and you have a, an email address of over 10,000 people. There's so many opportunities there. You can cross sell, upgrade um, so many things. I bet you if you sent one single email, you would generate so much revenue. No, sure. That, yeah, that, 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 now when you mention it, I'm like, duh, that's so obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I would get very serious about that. Uh, yeah, and, uh, no, that's uh, that's true, and that's uh, that's interesting. I think we need to do email marketing, and not necessarily from the perspective. Honestly, not necessarily from the perspective of now that I think about it, from cross-selling and upselling, but also to engage them in a manner which, basically, what you talk about social media. This can be a social media, uh, in a way, because these are our customers and these are our people. Mm-hmm. It, it can certainly, uh, I know we're technically supposed to be brainstorming ideas that don't include social media, but let's let's stick with this idea of email for a minute. Because if you do yeah. have ten thousand active email, active customer email addresses, plus probably a bunch of former customers, potential customers, I'm sure you've got a decent email list. That could be a great seed to start your social channels. If you start an Instagram account or something, email those 10,000 customers, maybe do a, a contest or something to get them over to the Instagram account and following it. And that gives you a great beginning base so that you're not starting completely from scratch. There's so mm-hmm. many opportunities to cross promote in, I mean, you've already got such a great operation running. I think it's all about cross promoting now, cross promoting products and cross promoting marketing channels. Um, because there are some people who don't like to be communicated via email. They prefer Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. And vice versa. And so those who want to hear more from you via Instagram, they'll go follow you. And those who prefer email, they'll just stay on email and it'll be great. That makes sense. Yes. Have we we asked this? uh, Has Preston and I asked asked if, do you have somebody in charge of marketing? Like that's their full-time job? 
It's a great question. Uh, yeah, yes, we do have uh, someone in charge of marketing, though they do a lot of operations also. And not that we are very operations heavy, but yeah, marketing is is a key. We do have people, a person leading it. And uh, and I'm actually, so don't get me wrong. I'm, I don't want to throw him under the bus. So we are trying to expand the horizon. So we do a lot of these things, but obviously we do understand there are certain limitations and we are trying to expand that. How much of his job is operations versus marketing? Uh, that's uh, 80% is marketing. Okay. Okay. I, I, what I was going to say is I, I think, I think you're, you're probably at the, the size big enough um, where I think you could justify someone who's in charge of operations and a whole separate person who's in charge of marketing. No, fair and enough. Maybe and you, you said you're not operations heavy, so maybe not an operations person, but definitely, especially if your goal, which you told us before the call and multiple times on the call, if, you're, if, if your goal now is growth, if you're ready for massive growth, you know, 10,000 customers to 100,000, 500,000, a million customers, it feels like you need maybe not even just a marketing person. Maybe you need to hire a whole agency or a whole marketing team eventually um, under the direction of some marketing director or VP of marketing, depending on how your, how your company is set up. I mean, yeah, I don't, I, if, if I were generating the kind of revenues that I imagine you're generating just by doing some napkin math, that would be a hire I would make yesterday. Can I can I be frank? If the person that's in charge of your marketing has not thought about social media or even more importantly your email marketing, if you've not done any efforts in those two those two arenas, I would be I would be seriously thinking about putting somebody else in charge of your marketing. That's so true. I mean, you're a tech company. What have they been doing if not social media and email? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Sorry, marketing guy. Yeah, if that were me, if, if I were you, I and that person is not like if they're doing nothing in those two th- those two strategies, I would probably have already found somebody else that would do that. In my opinion, just being straight up honest with you. No, good. No, I'm not saying that they are not doing it, but yeah, it's not something which we approach strategically. Like I said, we have focused very much on SEO and uh, some of those other. Uh, oh, that's fair. That's fair. You did tell us that. The yeah, VR, I a, mean, but uh, I, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. However, SEO is one strategy. It's one strategy. Absolutely. Like, uh, 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 someone who's in charge, like a director of marketing, uh, who's in charge of one brand, can handle more than one strategy. Yeah, and fair enough. Uh, um, so, which is there? Which is why this conversation is so interesting to me because you, uh, we need to build those muscles. And, uh, and if, frankly, yes, you require, uh, uh, you require additional people to build that muscle because not everyone mm-hmm. can have the, these strengths. I think, I think this is maybe a good stopping point for this conversation. There's been a lot of action items that we can, we've kind of left you with or I, you've surmised yourself. I'd love to check back in in a few months and see how some of these things are going for you. But I think there's a lot of work to be done in a good way. I think a lot of work that can bring a lot of growth in your company and a lot that we can learn from you as you go through it as well. Oh, oh yes. Thank you. This is, this has been very, very interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad how candid you are and not hold back your words. Like it's, it's a lot of people will dodge around, for example, just saying that, yeah, you need to look at another person. And uh, that's, that's what makes this really, really valuable. 
Well, good. I'm glad it was valuable, and we really loved having you on the on yeah. the show and having you on this call. So thanks for taking time today. Uh, uh, thank you. It's it's been my pleasure. Freelance the Founder is a production of Milo. You can discover more business building resources for freelancers at millo.co. And you can learn more about Clay's business and level up your entrepreneurial skills by visiting getdripify.com. Freelance the Founder is distributed by The Podglomerate. You can check out their other great podcast at thepodglomerate.com. And the theme music was produced by Joaquim Karud. You can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. We'd love to have you join us on an upcoming episode. To learn more, visit FreelanceToFounder.com. That's all for this week's episode. Until next time, keep up the hard work and we'll see you soon. See ya. Thank you.